I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by me old buddy, me old pal, at Ryan Peacock NFL. What's going on, buddy? I'm back. You're back. Are you happy to see me? Can you feel the delight in my face? I haven't had something as usual. It wasn't really as usual. I spent weeks without you, buddy. It feels like so long, man. I mean... You know, I've been there staring out the window, you know, mm. listening to love songs, just thinking about you. And uh, <laughs> But now we're back, so now it's all good, isn't it? If you You've, leave uh... me now, you take it. No, let's not start that. But I have us to but break you should, away. Honestly, though, you should have yeah. seen the smile on Steve's face when my big bald head walked in the room. It's like, you know, yeah. it's like all his dreams have come true and all his Christmases have come at once. Well, it wasn't. He, he basically said, put a kettle on. Put a kettle on with you. Santa Claus, you know, with your big beard. But come here, how did you enjoy the breakaway? Have fun? Relaxed? Uh, it was grand. It was grand. And uh, very, very nice. Very, very hot. Spent most of it on a beach. Ate loads of food. Got food poisoning. Spent four days in the apartment. And uh, then took about 36 in modium to try and make the plane journey home. So it started pretty well and then went a little off towards the end. So it's like a Packers game. Then it's like the NFC Championship game of holidays. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Yeah. So I'm blaming a swordfish called Cyril. Um, so I'm pretty sure it was his fault. Uh, you see, well, you deserve it. If you name the food and then eat it, it's cold, bro. Cold. So uh, you deserve it. You know what I mean? You can't be naming it, man. Yeah. Can't be naming it. But no, it was awesome. Awesome. Good to get away. But uh, and, and and I listened to the podcast, obviously. So, uh, you know, did a great job, Thanks. as always. Um, but it was, it was funny to actually listen to it for the first time as just a fan. So... Yeah. Um, that was quite cool. Well, I'm glad you're back, in fairness. Uh, I was just killing time till you, you got back. I did, uh, did you hear, no, again, if you say no, I'm going to be terrible. You're going to hurt my feelings. Did you hear my uh, most recent history podcast? Did you learn anything? No. You didn't, you didn't <laughs> listen or you didn't learn anything? You are. No, I, I did listen to it. I did listen to it. It was very good. Uh, I liked the one on Lambeau Field. That was very cool. Um, Tony Canadeo. Um, obviously, again, I think we had a chat uh, after... After I listened to it, I think I messaged you and I said, you know what, very guilty here, but I didn't know a great deal about him. I knew I knew a bit. Obviously mm. knew, knew that he was a fairly decent player, um, to say the least. Um, but yeah, probably out of out of all those guys with a retired jersey, he was the one that I knew least about. So I thought it was a, a good choice and a, a podcast that I very much enjoyed. And did you know his mother was Irish? <laughs> I'm still pushing for that one. Still pushing for that one. Her name's Marinelli, but I'm going for it. Do you know what I mean? I'm hoping she's from... Yeah, no, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, oh God, you know, how far back does that strong Italian influence, you know, come from Tipperary or, yeah. you know, yeah. so... Keep digging. It's a matter I'm of time. Sure he's definitely Irish. Yeah, Barack Obama is uh, part Irish, um, and so is every other American president. So I'm going to claim Tony Tony Canadeo because he has an O in the name, like me. But come here, let's get Canadeo Brian. Canadeo Brian, exactly. Yeah, they just shortened it to make them fit in better in America. That's all. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, Ryan. Jesus Christ! Holy Jesus! But come here, good news on the Packers front for a man, Donald Driver. To be honest with you, bro. He, so to, to let people in because I know we talk about the stuff in the background and then sometimes we go in to talk about it as if everyone else is privy to our conversation which is not and let's just be thankful they're not I thought Donald Driver was already in the Packers Hall of Fame 
because he's such a Packers legend. He has a statue up for Christ's sake. He has a place named after him. Weird to me. Weird when I read it. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I suppose he hasn't been not playing for that long now, has he? Mm. Um, but yeah, I, d- I don't know. This is about the right amount of time, I guess. Well, I, d- I always find it odd when, and especially with the you know Canton's Hall of Fame, the NFL Hall of Fame, um, when a player sort of stops playing and within sort of one or two years, bang, they're in the Hall of Fame. Now, I know people are going, well, if they're going in the Hall of Fame, just get them in the Hall of Fame. But I just feel like sometimes you need to sort of wait a little bit, let everyone else get there first, do their thing. Then, So I kind of like that it wasn't rushed in. Yeah. And it gave him the chance as well to have that clear cut between being a player, retiring, not doing a Brett Favre. Um, and staying retired, <laughs> and then going into the, the into the Packers Hall of Fame. Um, so I, I quite like that. It gave a bit of a distinction between the different, you know, areas or, or time or on the timeline, if you want to say it. But I think every now and again, you know, you, you get play. Or, or in fact, I'll say a number. You get a number in American football, or you might even get it in soccer or basketball. And and just to give you some examples, if I'm thinking baseball, and I think number five, I think David Wright. Don't if I think 50 in basketball, I think Dave Robinson. Probably don't know who that is. Don't know what I mean. Uh, and number 80, when it comes to American football. Know what that is. Number 80, you always think Donald Driver is a Packers fan, don't you? Yeah. And it's strange. Like, I know you liked your man Perilla. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Hurts. another Irishman. Yeah. Uh, Perilla O'Brien. <laughs> Perilla O'Brien. God, that's so hard to say. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and I know you like that guy, and he obviously wore 80 for a little while, and it was odd seeing him wearing it because that's not his jersey. That was Donald Driver's jersey, even though he'd retired. And, of course, now uh, Martellus Bennett is going to wear number 80, and I wonder how that's going to look with him running around because, to me, in my head, 80 will always be Donald Driver. And there's only few players like that, and probably, you know, the number four is another one. Obviously, that will always be Brett Favre's number. Um but I think certainly the number eighty in the green and gold jersey. Uh, even though there's many other great eighties, James Lofton is off the top of my head. You know, many great ones over the years. Eighty, I think, for the more modern day fan, the, the newer fan to it, I guess, is, is Donald Driver. Well, yeah, or Justin Perillo. Um, no, I don't think he stood out that much. <laughs> it was nice though. He he got introduced by Ron Wolf, and he told us great story that. They drafted him in the seventh round. We all know this by now because he's one of those success stories, right? Drafted late and ends up having a smashing career. Uh, but they graded him as a fourth rounder and they didn't need a wide receiver that year, he was saying, but they said, ah, screw it. Look, he's still on the board. Let's draft him. But again, like one of those late rounders, you don't expect much. I certainly don't. You know when they draft these lads late? Now, I know Andy Davies uh, is a big sort of fan of the late rounders and getting value and believing in ted thompson and all the rest but i always sort of think not not anything against the guys because i mean even the late rounders would absolutely wax us right now i know you're um a receiver when it comes to your flag and we're going to talk about your success as well but um you know like these these guys are waxes right and you're probably looking at these guys going they, they have more talent in their arse than i do in my whole body right fit four times over and it's more so that like look at this year right so obviously jordy nelson randall cobb and then Devonte adams but then you're sort of thinking okay the lads that have sort of stuck around a little bit you've your jeff janice's geronimo allison so the guys that are drafted late just simply by numbers get cut because they just don't stand the chance or they have to really stand out in camp they might not get the snaps they might not be you know seen as even in contention so it's the same with Donald Driver, slow start, three slow seasons. He'd only 37 passes in three years. 
at the start. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, it went off after that. I mean, do you know what? I always love these late-round picks um, that make it, or even better is the undrafted guys that make it. I mean, yeah. uh, I know you going a few years back now when you worked for NFL Ireland, you were doing Brighton and so on. You covered the Texans for a bit, yeah? Yeah. Um, and also Arian Foster was a running back who every single year when it came around to fantasy football, you picked him. He was an undrafted guy. Yeah. I'm sure that James Harrison, the big dude, this, the Steelers linebacker that just seems to go on and on and on and on and on, either he was one of these late round or undrafted guys. You know, Tom Brady, probably the most famous of the late round guys that has gone on to be huge. And Donald Driver's another one. And these guys, there's always something I find very cool um, about a guy that was, you know, not in anybody's, not in the front of anybody's mind to come the draft. Uh, and then they sort of go on to prove something like they have. And, you know, Donald Driver's something, someone pretty, pretty special. Yeah, and it's sort of, and again, it's really in the mind of us Packers fans because from reading the articles and stuff that were sort of rushing out after he, because I think everyone in Pack Nation likes to talk about Driver and now that they get the chance to again because he's gone into the Hall of Fame. So they were alluding to his numbers that he had. So, you know, at seven out of the eight years, he had a thousand plus uh, in seven of those seasons. Um, he broke Sterling Sharp's franchise record for receptions in 2009. And then in his second last season, he, bo- he broke James Lofton's franchise record for receiving yards. Um, and both of those records still stand, Ryan. So he's top of receptions with 743. The nearest to him is Sterling Sharp uh, with 595. And then when it gets to receiving yards, he's 10,137, with James Lofton being the next at 9,600. So obviously, uh, Jimmy Lofton hasn't uh, done anything lately to catch up with him, uh, let me just say. So it's going to have to, we're going to have to look at uh, our current receiving core. So out of the current batch, with Jordy coming off the injury, I mean, do you look at this sort of receiving core that we have, and do they have the caliber to take over from? The old boys like Donald Driver, Sterling Sharp, James Lofton, uh, Don Hudson's in there. Do you see that happening or do you think that, you know, the receivers nowadays just don't play that long to get those type of like crazy numbers? But I guess part of it's that it's, it's very rare for any player to pay the amount of years required to get to those numbers, you know. Um, but certainly if you look at Jordy Nelson, he's got a caliber to be a guy that's going to be uh, up there in terms of the record books but really for me that's kind of where it stops I don't then see anybody and I guess the other problem with it as well is when you're talking about franchise records is now with the salary cap restrictions uh, the crazy money that's being thrown around in the game sometimes you just cannot hold on to a player Yeah. you know um, we probably had a bit of an advantage with Donald Drive with him being a late round pick for a number of years his pay wouldn't have been the highest Um you know, his contract would have got better as it went on. Uh, and, then, and then obviously towards the end of his years, again, it would have started coming down as he started to play more of a diminished role. So he was the kind of player you could continually just remanage the contract and, and sort of sort things out and keep him on the team. Whereas, you know, obviously there are guys, Jordy Nelson's been around a while, Randall Cobb's been around a while, but, you know, you can't always keep everyone. So sometimes now players that you want to keep, you can't keep uh, and you know what I'm trying to say. So it's it's very hard for somebody to become a a sort of one franchise type player. 
um, which some of these guys have done that have achieved these types of numbers. It's very much harder to do that this day, in this day and age. It's like, and again, if you look at the receiving yards, I think that's the one that Jordy might be able to catch up on in the sense that if he has another, you know, good three years in him, well, then he can certainly put up a thousand yard seasons and surpass that 10,100. He's at 7,366 at the moment. So it's yep. definitely possible. And he had an absolute dynamite year. So when I was looking into this, I was, because I asked myself that question, you know, I mean, do we have anybody on the receiving court that's going to do it? Now, arguably, Randall Cobb, you know, being in the slot, he's he's not up there in the top five uh, in, you know, being in receptions or in receiving yards. So, you know, I don't think he really has that role. I, I see Devontae Adams then sort of taking that step up. But again, he's only starting off and he's sort of hot and cold as well. So we'll see how he is this season. But Ryan, yeah. I look back at 2016 for Jordy Nelson and dear Jesus, it blew the arse off me, right? So he joined Sterling Sharp as the only player in team history with Sterling Sharp to record two seasons with 95 plus catches. He registered uh, the fourth 1,200 yard receiving season because he got 1,257, which is pretty dynamite, especially after the injury and especially after the slow start, which ties James Lofton for the best mark in team history. Um, let me fire some more at you here. Uh, he recorded his third straight 85 catch season, which joins Sharp uh, as the only players to do it in team history. Nelson has 25 100 yard receiving games in his career, which passes my buddy old pal, apart from you, Don Hudson, uh, who has 24 uh, for the number three in team history. And he just trails Sharp by four. So Sharp has 29 of those for the second most. And get this. With because uh, we always talk about Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson, you know, hooking up and having that chemistry. Aaron Rodgers and Nelson have connected now for 59 touchdowns, which is the most by any duo in team history, which beats out Brett Favre and Antonio Freeman, who have 57. And that's only going to obviously grow as time goes on. So it's pretty incredible what Nelson managed to do, right? Yeah, it is. But the, I guess the, the issue with that I see with Jordy Nelson, and particularly if we're looking at can he catch the records of, the, of Donald Driver, is that he's 32 now. Yeah. Okay, he's just turned 32, uh, born in the great year in 1985. Same as me. And uh, he's oh, a yeah. Gemini. Same as me. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, got great hands. Same as me. Oh. Um, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's the thing with Jordy. Is how many more years has he got? You know, 32 for a receiver. Don't know. He certainly showed no signs of slowing down last year. He had a year off, obviously, the year previous to that because he was injured. So he saved some tread there. Um but how many more years has he got? Another couple of years, maybe. If he can stay up at this sort of area, then he's certainly the guy that's going to do it. Yeah, because, um, do you know what? Donald Driver struck me as one of those players that the Packers, they don't usually hold on to players. They're quite ruthless in the sense mm -hmm. that they let you go when you stop becoming useful. Yeah. But did you find that they held on to Donald Driver for one extra season more? I think he was a bit of a spare wheel, you know, when it came to that last season. Um, I think certainly in the in the last year, yeah. And obviously, you can see that just in terms of the numbers um, yeah. in front of him. You know, only only eight receptions that year, 77 yards. But he was kept on the team not only because he's not a bad player to have on the team to sort of back back things up, yeah. but as well, he was a leader on that team. You know, and, and so certainly sometimes we've we've talked, haven't we, on previous podcasts where is the team now lacking mm. leaders? Well, yeah. obviously, back in the you know from sort of. He finished up in 2012, but certainly the 2010 Super Bowl team certainly didn't lack leaders. Well, he was one of them. And I wonder if, as the new guard came in, bearing in mind Greg Jennings, I think, who went around this time, did he not? Yeah. To the Vikings, was that about this sort of time? You know, was he kept on not only for what he could offer in a backup role on the field, 
but was he kept around in that role because he was a, a locker room leader? And I think there's probably there probably was some sort of merit in that and some worth in that. But you're right; it's, normally they don't they don't hang on to a guy. They don't get sentimental, um, and they certainly usually get younger and cheaper. Um, you know, maybe he was sensible in what he asked for on his contract, and so he was just simply older and cheaper. I don't know, but um, certainly somebody. Let's face it. No, no Green Bay Packers fan minded him being around just one more year to try and get another glimpse of him because he was a great player to watch. Yeah, and the, the organisation have a lot of affection for him. And again, if anyone isn't familiar, if you're sort of a new fan, you're not familiar with Donald Driver, he does have a book out. Um, it's it's called Driven. And I actually have a signed copy, which is in a plastic bag locked behind my uh, little display cabinet here, which doesn't even touch rhinos but it's it's one of my pride and joys and in fact i haven't even read that copy of it because uh, i bought a second copy to read <laughs> that'll go to show you just how sad i am so do give it a read and it explains his story but a, a really tough upbringing ryan this guy had it absolutely grisly when he was young yeah i've seen some things about him um that certainly looked like he didn't have things all his own way so it's another good one where i guess things have you know, turned out nice for him i haven't read the book because quite frankly I haven't read a book since I left school when I had to read a book um, and I don't intend to read a book anytime soon uh, but yeah certainly he didn't have the easiest to start so I, I know as about as much as that I don't know much more than that yeah like living it at the back of a U-Haul truck and then all that sort of uh, yeah um, read the book uh, well not you uh, yeah. I'll, I'll give you the audio version I can't be bothered I'll, I'll tell you what we'll yeah. talk up at night and I'll read it to you yeah, it's, do you know what it's mad because I'll go on an ESPN or a Sports Illustrated and I will read an article that goes on forever and ever and ever but mm. will I read a book no probably not yeah that's do, just me I do love a bit of book action a Kindle no I can't do with that digital stuff I need the smell of it you know what I mean I need to <laughs> dig my nose in there but look, he's certainly one of those feel-good stories, you know, that, that he's had that hard run. I mean, let's face it, that's probably what drives these players, you know, mm. players that have to grow up and they have to do it yeah. um, because there's people dependent on them. You know, James Jones was another one that had a similar story, wasn't he? He went from sort of shelter to shelter, homeless at one point, you know, sort of. And, and he had the same struggles and he made it. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things that, I can't remember this exactly, but I have it in my head that one of the things he was most proud of is that he was able to buy a home for his mother and his mother wouldn't have to have these worries anymore and she was now looked after. And and I guess that's what's the drive for some of these players that have had those upbringings. Yeah, it's certainly, it's amazing that when I get some of the lads on the podcast and you ask them, um, you know, what, like, you know, when we we start, uh, spoke to the gravedigger and we said, oh, you know, you grew up in Detroit, what was that upbringing like? Was it bad? And he was like, oh, man, <laughs> I was like, gee, it was the worst. It was the worst. Ever. The, you know, the eight mile, all that stuff that you see, he said, it, it's absolutely the same. It's crazy. Uh, but come here to me. Let's go from sort of, uh, you know, a nice story about Donald Driver, but from mad upbringings and go to the glitzy uh, sort of showbiz style SB awards. Any interest, Ryan? What? I do, do you know what? Obviously, we know what the SBs are. It's an awards program. But do we need it? Does anybody need it? Or is it just an excuse <laughs> to get a bunch of... Is it just an excuse to get a bunch of famous people to go and sit together? And make, I mean, all right. Do you know what? Peyton Manning was quite funny when he did his little speech. Mm. Um, I think it was him that did one, didn't he? And yeah. then uh, I can't think. There's the other guy, and I can't remember his name, but he kind of does... Does he not do a program about, you know, cute pets or something, or videos? And I can't think what his name is. Uh, but he did say, and that was quite funny. Um, but, yeah. I've got, do you know what? They embarrass me. 
they do all those award ceremonies I don't know about the SPs and all that uh, well yeah they kind of do it. okay I'm going to be honest I just you know what I hate this stuff right because all actors are su- like multi-millionaires and all the rest of it like bar people who blow it all on drugs and or who are just starting out whatever anyway so it's all these really really rich famous people who don't really live in reality let's face it you know they get their ass kissed from you know morning to night they wake up and life is amazing everything's gold plated and then they go and they just give each other awards you know and everyone covers it the papers cover it like oh my god you see who won the oscar like i don't care it's a bunch of really really rich people slap ass and and chatting yeah. each other and congratulating Giving each, each other. other well done yeah exactly and the espies eh, kind of stink at that as well it's multi-millionaire sports people going up and taking the piss out of each who other votes for them? Fans. Do you know who votes? Yeah. Oh, fan, it's fans. Fans, yeah. Now, I think there's probably... Oh, okay. uh, to be honest I'll with you... I'll change my mind then. I love them. Love them, yeah. But it's... Yeah, I'm just fickle, mate. No, but... <laughs> Jesus. But it's that type of thing. It's it's a... What they do is they get comedy writers who write the hosts and they always get some really famous guy to come and do it. Or Drake does it again. And it's a bunch of really famous, super multi-millionaire rich people um, taking the piss out of each other and slap ass and becoming friends. And I was like, mm, it's a bit rich. You know, I don't... I don't know. Don't like. I think it's funny as well when you get up there. Obviously, and I always think this when you when you get to the draft as well. Obviously, Roger Goodell is like the bad guy in American football, right? Yeah. Now I don't particularly think so. He's never really upset me personally, mm. um, but he seems to have this bad rep. And then you go to these things, and everyone seems to be trying really hard to get in on the banter with good old Rog. You know, and I kind of feel like it's all very set up and plastic. But let's face it, the Packers had three finalists if you like in three of the categories those being the best nfl player the best comeback player and the best play in the nfl yeah yeah we had three finalists we won all three simple as that yeah so we're 100 percent three for three a rod obviously was the best nfl player which is true yeah geordie nelson was the best comeback player after having all of 2015 out with a torn acl he comes back to as you as we just mentioned 1,257 yards, 97 receptions, 14 touchdowns, smashed it. <laughs> yeah. And then the best play goes to A-Rod, to Jared Cook, I think against Dallas in the whatever stage of the playoff that was, um, which obviously Skip Bayless, I'm sure, agrees with or doesn't agree with, depending on what day of the week it is. Is he, so, is he not debating himself now at this stage? Was that a real video of him set up or did someone just put him <laughs> against each other? I think... Some very clever guy on a computer managed to get him having two separate conversations about essentially the same people at different times and managed to spin the camera around so it looked like he was debating himself. But yes, he did say those things on different days at different times, but he said those things about the same people and the same situations. Unbelievable. But let's not get on to Skip because he gets enough airtime as is. But do you know what? It's a nice segue because we're going to get into Clown of the Week and something has really grinded <laughs> your gears. Someone's got full skip, mate. <laughs> full skip. Clown of the Week. Right, He's right got on. so skip he can't see his way back. It's unreal. Well, go on. Tell go us on. tell us who it is because you. the minute this article came out, I got about uh, three links to this article about his comments and just you I, I don't think i spoke for about 17 messages because it was just you know just disbelief uh can, so can you tell the people in less expletive language please right okay so doug pedersen is now the head coach of the philly eagles yep um let's face it the best thing to come out of philadelphia was cheese and rocky so um 
It certainly isn't the Eagles. Um, but he has said the current roster on the Eagles has as much talent, I believe he said, as much talent and potential as those 90s Packers teams. Well, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, that for me straight away, I'm like, what? So I took a 96 Packers team that started the Super Bowl because why not? Yeah. Uh, and I compared them to some of the players on the current Eagles roster because, do you know what? I don't particularly follow the Eagles um, because it's not the Packers. It's yeah. pretty pretty simple. Um, so I thought, Jesus, did they have a really good draft and a really good free agency that I didn't know about? Or, no, turns out they didn't. So this is what we've got. Quarterback at the moment, Carson Wentz. Now, I like the guy. I think he'll be a very good, serviceable quarterback for a number of years in Philadelphia. Mm. He's not Brett Favre, though, is he? Moving on. Wide receivers, Alshon Jeffrey, kind of failed a little bit in Chicago. Maybe that was because of Cutler. Maybe it's because Chicago sucks. But he's moved on to Philly. Yeah. He's not Robert Brooks, though, is he? Tory Smith. I, I mean, is that guy still going? He was in. He was at the Ravens for a long time, I believe. <laughs> um, he's there now. Bearing in mind, I mean, how bad was their wide receiver core last year? So they brought in two guys who go instantly into their starting spots. But he's not Antonio Freeman, is he? And I don't think he's even close at this point in his career. So looked at the running backs. Now, running backs, they got a bunch of sort of either rookie guys that they got in the draft or they got some sort of people I've never heard of. And then I noticed, I think, LeGarrett Blunt's on their, on their roster at the moment as well. So I was trying to figure out, like, who would be the star? I guess it would be LeGarrett Blunt. Because, let's face it, he tends to do a decent job everywhere he goes. However, is he as good as Edgar Bennett? I know I'm not really giving you a chance to answer on any of these, by the way, but I'm kind of presuming what your answer will be. So if you do disagree with me, please jump in. Tight end, Zach Ertz versus Mark Chimura. Defensive end, Brandon Graham. Not a bad player at all. Mm. Not quite Reggie White, though, is he? You know, <laughs> linebackers, Bradham, Hicks and Kendricks versus Simmons, Koontz and Williams, not a chance. And defensive back, the hero that is Leroy Butler against Jenkins and McLeod. Or Mc, McLeod, McLeod, I don't know. Um, I think that says it all, really Ryan, in fairness. <laughs> if you if you're not then, really do those. I standards. even kept going down then. If you look at special teams, I mean, kickers are kickers, punters, punters, I'm sorry, but they're all much of a muchness. Um, but let's look at the kick return man. Darren Sproles is a pretty decent return man, mm. but he's definitely not Desmond Howard, who was absolutely a trick in the Super Bowl. So let's just have a little look at that then. So I think out of that list, and I will admit, I am a little bit biased as I am a Packers fan, and, and as are you. However, I cannot make, and I don't think anybody would be able to make a case for saying that one of those Eagles players would have replaced any of those Packers players that we, we spoke about. So I don't see where his comments come from. I'm all for a head coach of a team trying to, you know, blow some, blow some smoke up their butts, um, try and give them maybe some false confidence. We're coming to season. You need to give the fans a reason to go and get some season tickets and uh, all the rest of it. But um, sorry, Doug. Clown of the week. Yeah, agreed. Um, and you know what? I think the uh, media in Philly even agree with you because there's an article on CSN Philly which is a guy I mean obviously he's you know he's working in Philadelphia he's got his finger on the pulse uh, with all things Eagles he's probably going to get more hits on his article should he go and do similar to Doug and just start blowing smoke uh, up arses but 
it's amazing even his his article is that he's after putting a bullseye on his back which is true because anytime ryan isn't at that anyone comes out with this cartoonish ludicrous and it's a great example that you're after coming up with there by comparing the players it really does drive home the fact that this guy was talking complete shite uh, and also this guy says that Pedersen spoke for about 40 minutes and when he finished he said he had to just double check with him that he heard what he heard and said to him um, uh, sorry there uh, Doug can you just repeat uh, did you just say that they were comparable or better or equal to the 90s Packers and he said yeah so this guy even says that the fact that he thinks that this Eagles team is as talented as a Packer team that as you said had Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre Hall of Fame defensive end Reggie White Antonio Freeman uh, four time All-Pro safety Leroy Butler Dorsey Levins Eugene Robinson Sean Jones like you know he's sort of even saying like this is uh, yeah, pure crazy and he says like are you sure and he said yeah I, I think we're there he says it's just bringing it all together though yeah, it's just bringing it all together and apparently he went on about Carson Wentz is like yeah all of this is true and the comparison is there as long as Carson Wentz stays healthy I was like, oh, I don't think Carson Wentz is your, you know, linchpin to your... Well, obviously a quarterback is, but, you know, I don't think Carson Wentz is going to raise the team to that level. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong, right? Yeah. When I was covering this... Sorry, Ryan, when I was covering this for uh, the radio last year, Carson Wentz was continually surprising me because he was, he was up there, but the last half of that season just disintegrated for him. But maybe you'd, ex- you'd maybe expect that to happen. Look, Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. They're, we're not saying those guys are bad players. They just don't compare. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Uh, and even when I checked with one of my Eagles friends at American Football and said, you know, did you hear this? And he just looked at me with that. I'm not going to admit you're all right. However, <laughs> look at the look on my face and make what you will of it kind of look and then walked away. So, yeah, I think they're all uh, probably Eagles fans are quite generally embarrassed to those comments. But, yeah, so he gets clown of the week this week. Sweet weird one because i always thought a coach would try to take the pressure off the players and he's certainly piled it on now but are we going to give much credence uh ryan to these articles that try predict the roster now can you predict the packers roster now and do you read these articles and go yeah obvious or do you read them and go no i think the problem with these articles are and look steve we we go through it quite a lot when we're trying to plan out some of these podcasts and you know especially sort of the last month or so has been very difficult and very little to talk about so these type of articles come around and it's so all a race to do it that my issue with these articles is nobody ever comes back and goes got 75 percent of that right got 80 percent of that right no one ever looks at it again so what's the point in it you know and do we really i guess the bit also as well is it's a journalist writing it not a coach you know and, and that sort of thing so does anyone care if the journalist is correct or not it's simply just because they've got to write something so they come out with something. Now, it's pretty obvious. We could put a number of people in their starting positions now and making the roster, and, and it'd be easy to do that with maybe 30 of the players on the team. Yeah. Right now, we could do that. Mm. The ones that are harder are the, the ones sort of past that from sort of player number 31 to, you know, player number 53 and the practice squad. So that's the bit that's a lot more difficult. And, and I think it's just all guesswork. This kind of... Yeah, do you know what? It's interesting to read because, let's face it, we're all, we're all starved for football all off-season. From, from the moment the Super Bowl finishes, we, we're still reading, 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 and we're starved for anything right the way through until it all starts up again. Yeah. You know, so they'll keep writing these articles, we'll keep reading them, but don't, I wouldn't put any any particular um, sort of merit in them or, or worry too much about what they say. I mean, let's go back to the a couple of years back when uh, Sam Barrington got, Mm. got cut or, or was traded off somewhere. I think he went to Kansas after he after did, he yeah. left Green Bay. Yeah. 
And none of us saw that coming because the middle linebacker position at that time, I think we all felt was was, was a little bit weak. And he was actually one of the players that looked pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, he'd just spent a, a season injured before that. Um, but, you know, we liked what we saw before he got injured. He spent a lot of work working, a lot of time, sorry, working in the community, doing all those bits. He was he was nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award mm. on behalf of the Packers, you know. So, and then he got cut. And I don't think anybody predicted that. And no one probably saw it coming, but it happened. And there'll be a number of other players and there'll be somebody this year that, you know, they get rid of. I mean, last year, did we, we had the trade, uh, the sit-in trade, was it last year? Yep. Who saw that one coming? That wouldn't have been in this guy's article. So read them because, you, you know, you, you want something to do while you sat on the toilet. Um, but don't put too much into it. Don't worry about it too much because uh, no one really knows what's going on apart from the people inside the Green Bay organisation. Yeah, and now we're going to get loads of people tweeting us who are sitting on the jacks, who've read the article and decide they want to have their opinion. Uh, thanks, that Ryan, for uh, getting dump tweets sent into us but to take a look at Rob Domofsky who's you know pretty knowledgeable I'll just run through it right real quick shout yay or nay if there's anything that you really don't agree with and you probably see where this is going quarterbacks Aaron Rodgers Brett Hundley yeah you wouldn't uh, make a case for a third quarterback of mm. Joe Callahan in there well no, I don't think oh I don't know because like it's at the expense the of is, a wide receiver you can't let that, you right? can't let Callahan go away can you because we're pretty sure Hundley will probably get traded next year if somebody doesn't make some ridiculous offer for him this year yeah uh, and if we look at last year the Saints made a play for Callahan and he pissed off and then eventually uh, we got him back when they released him mid-season yeah. so running backs let's face it though it's it's safe isn't it yeah we know they're the top two on the depth chart so that's a safe one yeah okay. yeah and let's just hope that uh, we don't get to see Brett Huntley in action running backs Ty Montgomery Jamal Williams Aaron Jones Devontae Mays and Aaron Ripkowski so they've gone uh, Rob Domofsky's gone five here do you agree with all those Yeah, but four running backs, one fullback are kind of... Mm. Uh, I don't know, would you keep four running backs on the roster? Seems like one I don't think so. Team. I think one of them drops to the practice squad and you keep three, to be honest. Yeah, and that, I, I'd say that because of the inside linebacker situation. But then I suppose if you look at the safeties now, they have Josh Jones as kind of a hybrid, right? So they might slot him in there. Maybe, maybe but also you've, you're going to be keeping three tight ends on the roster as well this year in my opinion with Bennett, Kendricks and Rogers. Yeah, which is what uh, Rob Domofsky goes with as well now he goes for seven wide receivers he says uh, Jesus Jesus uh, Jordy Nelson Randall Cobb Devontae Adams Doe Trevor Davis interesting Jeff Janis interesting Maliki Dupree and D'Angelo Yancey so Geronimo Allison doesn't make it uh, and they say that that's because of his week one suspension nah not for me. Geronimo Allison's a nice big body. Um, I, I, I like him. If anybody I think's missing out, it's Trevor Davis. Just haven't seen enough of him. Mm. So yeah, I, I would. That would be my change there is Davis for uh, Allison. But uh, and I haven't seen enough of the new guys. This is the thing. Domofsky's on the sidelines at practice at the minute, isn't he? Yeah. I'm not. But so I don't really know enough about the new guys. But seven receivers is a lot. Yeah, it is, and they're going to be second straight year that they're doing it. Uh, O-line, I don't really think uh, we should get into it. You know, it's kind of a no-brainer. Obviously, we're going to have Jerry Evans in there, who's probably going to be you know a week one starter. Uh, Bakhtiari, Balaga, Lindsley, uh, Lane Taylor, all locks. And then, you know, in reserve then, they've uh, Jason Spriggs, Don Barkley, Kyle Murphy, and Lucas Patrick, who we've been hearing a lot about Lucas Patrick, but I just think that's an off-season story, right? It is, or it depends. Can he be make a very real run? Mm. on Don Barkley's position. Now, yeah. I know they keep bringing Don Barkley back, and there's obviously something they like about him on a serious note, but mm. that's that's the position. If you're a lineman trying to make the roster, that's the guy you want to beat. 
Yeah. I think it's experience with Barkley, right? Is that they bring him back, he can fit. Well, that's what they say, that he can fit numerous positions. It's his, his experience and also his price, right? Hey, I mean, hey, they get this guy. I, I could I could fit in numerous positions on the O-line and, uh, and, and not block anybody. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if that's all you're looking Ooh. for. Ooh, that's a di- sounds like a dig. Sounds like a dig. Don, we know you're listening, buddy. He's only messing. He's only playing. With you. Sorry. He's only playing Sorry, bro. Uh, D-line, Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, Ricky Jean Francois, uh, Dean Lowry, and Montrevious Adams. No uh, Latroy guy on. Where's Latroy guy on? Mm. Suspended for four games. But Ryan, you sent me on a nice snazzy little article there during the week and said, Steel, well, see a pattern somebody saw Somebody sort of pointed out that for the first four games, the Packers don't need to pay him. Apparently, there's some sort of agreement because they kind of knew it was coming. So when they decided to pay him, they said, look, we're not going to pay you for this bit. So I, I can't, I won't bore you with the complete ins and outs. However, so the article seemed to suggest that essentially when other players would have normally been cut, he's being kept around because he is a quality player. And I don't think anybody's denying that. Yeah. But he is also a bit of a risk, but they'd have to pay him for it. So he's a cheap quality player. However... I don't know if that article took into account the recent arrest in Hawaii. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would still go that he's not going to make the team. But don't be surprised if somehow he does, because the Packers have been quite clever with his contract. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not going to get into the moral argument there. Um, and all that. It's Yeah, let's leave it. Uh, Outside linebackers, Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, J. Ron Elliott. Leave it out. Leave it out. Spiegel. Uh, inside linebackers, this is the one where it seems a bit light, and even Domofsky says this in his article. Jake Ryan, Blake Martinez, or Martinez, uh, depending on how much shit I'm going to get for that, and Joe Thomas. But he says that Morgan Burnett and Josh Jones are going to play that sort of hybrid inside linebacker. We've seen Morgan Burnett do it last season, right? I, I really like Josh, uh, Josh. I really like Joe Thomas. Um, I really like Jake Ryan and I really like Blake Martinez. So those three guys, I think, can battle it. Uh, yeah, there'll be some packages where some people drop in and out and all the rest, but I actually really like those three guys. So well, let's see how they get on. Um, we know as well. Injuries scare me, though, Ryan. They do because we have been a bit thin there, but I think as well you're going to see Clay Matthews worked into the rotation inside. I think that's been made quite clear. Mm. Um, and it's certainly a position he can play yeah. and he's done well at. Um so, yeah, I, I'm happy with those guys, but you're right. I mean, Blake Martinez, he got hurt last year. Um, didn't eat it, if I remember. Yeah, I think Jake Ryan, I can't remember. I'm sure, oh, I don't know. I'm probably making that up, but I thought he might have missed a game. Joe Thomas is your backup guy. I think he did well when he came in. I don't know. It would be nice to have, you know, some big name in there that was a, an absolute proven talent. But, yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm quite happy with what we've got. Yeah, especially with the hybrid lads. And from what we're hearing, Josh Jones is meant to be a bit of a beast. Cornerbacks, Devon House, Kevin King, Ladarius Gunter, Demarius Randall, Quinton Rollins, and Lindsay Pipkins, he calls it. Did you see good old Lindsay getting in there? Lindsay. Lindsay say that again? P- Lindsay Pipkins. I'm gonna front. Pipkins. I'm gonna front up Ryan and say I have no. This could be a piss take, and he's just put it in the article to see how many people try quote him seriously. Do you know what? I feel like we need to look that one up because I've. I feel like I've missed a player here. Mm. Pipkins. Pipkins. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, so while we're doing that, uh, safeties: Morgan Burnett, Haha Clinton Dix, Josh Jones, Kentrell Bryce, and Marwin Evans. So no real surprises there. I don't think. But Lensley Pipkins making the making the cornerback. Right, okay. 
Packers. Right, so we found a little bit. So he signed as an undrafted free agent with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, out of OSU, wasn't selected in the draft. Mm. So what it says, he's a defensive back and he's now with the Green Bay Packers. So that'd be some... Uh, be some move for him to come in as an undrafted player and make the roster. But let's face it, we've had other defensive backs to him recent years and uh, make quite an impact. So, a fair play to him. Lensley Pipkins, Mary Poppins. See, so it is worth it is worth reading these articles after all. So, you know, don't listen to me. You know, get on the toilet, read the article. Yeah, get on the jacks, lads, if you need a good old nutty dump. So, specialists, he says, Mason Crosby, Justin Vogel and uh, Derek Hart, which, you know what? Yeah, Derek Hart. It's, that's sad now. No shum. No Brett Good. I feel sad, right? This is this is the story of the real this is the story of the off season, right? This is the story. Let's, man. let's yeah, but hang on. I don't think this is over. Because last year, you know, <laughs> Shum turns up real late. Yeah. Uh there could be another guy when people are getting cut. I mean punting's punting, right? I keep saying this, punting is punting. You don't really have to surely you don't have to learn that much in the playbook. You have like what? one fake direct to the uh, up block man that he's going to run it you've got probably one play where it's going to get thrown back to you become the quarterback and somebody mm. rolls out off the end and then apart from that you punt it mm. that's it yeah so when guys are getting cut maybe through camps or whatever else or something goes on i don't know maybe there's another guy rocks up um, and long snappers how many of them did we have on the roster at different times after last year you know so the uh the special team situation is the off-season story that just keeps on giving. Uh, maybe it's not over yet. Me and you, we love a good off-season uh, special teams wrangle because no one else seems uh, to care. No one, apart from the players and us. No. Long snappers of people too. Yeah. But Ryan, look, we have a guy uh, for Fan of the Week and he's not one of the usual uh, crew that we have. We had Tom Coles last season. Or last, last season. Jesus! We had Tom Coles... Last week, when you weren't here, me and Tom were shooting the breeze. We'll all be shooting the breeze with Tom Coles. He's coming to all the events. It's going to be a hard act to follow. Uh, so, this guy, uh, he's got a tough task, Ryan. But let's let's have him. Meet the fan. Meet the fan. Fan of the week, we're back at Ryan. It feels good to have you back, baby. You missed out on Tom Coles, buddy. Are you raging? I did. I didn't really miss out. I got a chance to listen to it as a fan for a change. Wow. Uh, sat on a beach, mm. uh, drinking beer, obviously. Um, yeah, and, and I listened away to his, uh, his dulcet, uh, brummy tones. And what did you think? Because would... you did insult the brummies while you were over there and it was a bit of a weird, tepid moment on Facebook, right? It wasn't It wasn't so much of an insult. It's one of those where, you know, you cast the rod out and you just you just leave it dangling right. and you see if anybody, some, somebody bites. And uh, obviously Matt Tisdale bit within about 30 seconds of me posting it yeah. which was the point in posting it yeah and so, uh, um, Tom Coles again although he's moved away from Bromian he's gone posh now gone up to Shakespeare we have our fan of the week on the line here we're just seeing how long we can go it's like that show Boiling Point you know where they get annoyed and hang up so we're wondering if our yeah. fan of the week now is still on the line if he is he's reached legendary status uh, but anyway I'll stop what I'm saying and we'll just get straight to it this guy uh, is a bit of a legend and ladies the UK ladies He's a nice voice, nice accent. Matt, are you there? I am indeed. Hello. Oh, did you hear that, Ryan? Oh, my God. God, that is good, isn't it? I went That's from... so much better than just listening to an Irish accent on the podcast. Oh, dear Jesus, the insults already. I went from <laughs> six to midnight. Matt, we're going to need to ask you plenty of questions to keep you talking, buddy. Uh, you don't sound like you're from these parts, Matt. Uh, anyway, first off, how are you? 
Are you good? I, I, yeah, very well, thank you. Very well, thank you. Can you tell us what you were doing today? And you don't sound like you're tired at all. <laughs> well, uh, I play uh, football for the Oxford Saints. Right. Um, and uh, we were away to uh, Solent Thrashers today down in Southampton. Uh, we ended up losing, I think it was 40-19 in the end, which was a bit of a disappointing result. And uh, next week's our last uh, game of the regular season. I think it's now out of our hands. I haven't done the calculations because mm. I'm always a little bit foggy coming out of a football game as it is. Yeah, as you can expect concussion uh, concussion issue i mean is this nah, is this man. controversial <laughs> well I, I i guess i'm not supposed to be talking to the media i guess that <laughs> uh, 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 puts an end to this doesn't it yeah, yeah. uh but no uh we're uh we, we got one more game left and uh, we'll see how that pans out but uh, it's always great to go out and play always great so tell us then what what position do you play uh, so this season I converted over to strong safety, uh, nice. but nice. Uh, like like all the best players, you know, I, I, I don't get a heck of a lot of playing time because I'm just that good. Uh, <laughs> okay, so so I, I, spend, I, I spend most of my time on special teams, you know, where all the cool kids are at. I was going to say, that's where, that's where everybody forges their careers is now on special teams. That's where all the best players start. Mm. Exactly, exactly. So is this full contact then, Matt, is it, or are you flagging it? Uh, no, full contact. Um, actually, I wanted to uh, bring that up because I uh, very briefly never played a competitive game or anything like that. But I played for the same flag team that Ryan plays for right now. What? Uh, the what? Uh, Aylesbury Spartans. I, I used to live in Aylesbury. Um, and uh, I trained with those guys uh, after my first season of Full Contact as well. I trained with them over the summer. Never actually played with you, uh, but I wanted to say huge congratulations for winning the division. I know how huge of an achievement that is, and like it just sounds unrecognizable from the group of guys that you know were fantastic <laughs> when I went and played yeah. with them. But uh, you, you guys have come a heck of a long way, so congrats. Oh, thanks for that. No, the uh, the team has changed big time. There's only three original players left on the current roster, which uh, I, d I don't know if you who you played with, but uh, Mike Austin, uh, Wolf O'Neill, and Harry Shashevsky, the quarterback, and they're the only three original guys. So you probably know those boys. Oh, absolutely, I sure do. And uh, Jeff Bond going out and balling for uh, balling for Great Britain as well. And uh, yeah, well, I've mentioned Jeff Bond quite a few times on here because, uh, well, you you've seen him. That guy is chiseled. Something else. else. Yeah. Um, now, I, now I heard. See, maybe you can clear this up. But I heard Jeff Bond is tempted to uh, come over to the Oxford Saints and try out a little bit of full contact. So. Uh, I tried so hard. The last time I came down and spent a summer practicing with those guys, I tried so hard to recruit them, like so, so hard. I was I was going and saying, hey, we'll, we'll buy your mom a car, whatever it is to get around the NCAA rules. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, like that guy is a heck of a player and I'd love to see him put on a pair of pads and take it to a, a group of guys like he's, he's something else. Well, look, let's put it this way. I had a bit of a chat with him because I was tempted to go and try full contact out again myself, even though I've basically fallen apart and I'm too old. Um, but Jeff Bond has actually now bought some pads and a helmet. So you might see him. So don't give up on it. But uh, yeah, anyway, so my point was, if you play on defense, your quarterback didn't score enough points to win you the game. So it's not really your fault, is it? <laughs> you can try and put it on the QB, but our receivers uh, were dropping balls, hitting the hands. So uh, oh, it's one of those things. Ball, it's, it, 
It's a whole team effort at the end of the day. Whole team effort. We just didn't. Oh, the, that sounds like a very media correct answer to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's been very well schooled before he came on this show. Well, he's he's kind of dissed his wide receiver. So before he goes through the whole team and gets uh, you know dunked head first <laughs> into the toilets, I think we should probably get away from his uh, his team. Well, Matt, look at the the accent definitely isn't from around here. Can you tell us? Uh, whereabouts you're from originally and where you got the accent from are you an american are you a wisconsinite by any chance well i i like to call myself a wisconsinite um however i i do only hold a british passport um i was born in yorkshire uh didn't live there very long before my dad's job moved us over to wisconsin though little town of oregon just outside of madison uh so i grew up there um absolutely beautiful uh beautiful beautiful place great mm. state and you know it, it forged a lot of things when uh, within me and uh we we moved back over actually 10 years ago now yeah. um so i've been in the, living in the uk since but uh, absolutely a badger at heart <laughs> that's pretty cool we're going over there week one of course to see him against florida atlantic uh have you been to camp randall yourself and seen them play I have indeed, yeah. I uh, saw him a couple times. Uh, saw him play against Purdue. Saw him play against Illinois. All Big Ten opponents. And man, that mm-hmm. stadium is something else. Like I, I love it. I love it. It's uh, it's it's great to watch the Badgers play and you know stand and watch the student section doing the Johnny Appleseed when they turn up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Come on. they don't. They didn't get there. I think uh, when when I went because I watched them against Purdue a couple of years back. And they probably, I mean, there was a few keynotes there at the start, but most of them were still getting hammered up until about <laughs> the just before the fourth quarter, essentially. And then they come in, they jump around, they make a lot of noise, throw a load of stuff on the field, and then they leave before the end. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, I love it. you got to love it. So tell us, um, obviously, it's a Packers podcast. So um camp randall and the badges is all good but tell us have you been to lambo have you got any packers experiences that you want to tell the guys about uh so you know i've never actually been to lambo for a game um i so close Where yeah out? I, I i i don't know uh we we talked about um so i'm going back to obviously uh my parents are uh english yeah. um so they had no idea about football you know it was just the case that i got plonked down in front of the tv growing up mm. um you know i've been a packers fan as long as i remember but it was always something that you know i learned about myself and i learned about football myself um you know dad had a passing interest in it but it was never something that he was too into uh we did talk about going for preseason games but i mean i have been to the stadium twice for tours Mm. um which uh you know uh, you guys will know you know doing the hall of fame walking around and uh when you uh, eventually break through the tunnel and Mm. walk out onto uh you know just by the field it's something else that place It, it truly is hallowed ground um but uh no never made it for a game it is a lifelong ambition of mine well and have you ever given thought then to coming over with us when we do our annual tour I, I give thought to it every year until uh, until I look at my bank account balance. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
I, I'm a relatively recent graduate, so not uh, not got a whole lot of disposable income. But I guarantee you, as soon as I do, I'll be coming over with you guys uh, and coming to see a game because uh, that's you know I, I I can't imagine that you know I've I've done the NFL London games as I say I've done Badgers games yeah um but uh, going and seeing the Packers man like that's that's got to be fantastic experience mm. when yeah. they win oh it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Steve's, Steve's not allowed to go. If they lose this year when he goes, he's not allowed to go anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we, we'll get you over there with us. Either that or we've got to hope that the Packers somehow end up here at some point in London themselves. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's what, like four or five teams, isn't it, that haven't been over here yet? And you can understand all the arguments, but you got to hope at some point uh, – that uh, the NFL owners or whatever are going to step in and say, no, we need, we need to get them over there. need to get them over there. Cause I mean, you know, it's, it's just great how much of a presence uh, Mm. UK Packers fans have. And uh, you see it, don't you walking around all the time, even before I knew about you guys, but you go to Wembley and you're walking around, you see so much green and gold, even, even outside of that environment. Like you, you can be walking around town centers and see jerseys. It's Mm. crazy. Yeah, it's pretty big over here. But look, you haven't been to Lambo, but you've almost been at something that will give you that same experience. Can you explain to us, first off, how you found us? And second off, you came to a UK Packers meet. We do remember you. It clicked when I heard that <laughs> sumptuous voice of yours. It clicked. So can you tell us about that, how you found us then and what you thought of the meetup? Um, so in terms of finding you guys, uh, I, I think it was back in the days. Uh, it was probably Eddie Lacy's rookie year. Right. Um and uh, I saw some of the T-shirts that you guys were doing, the uh, like the superhero ones. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. Saw so them just banging around on Twitter or something like that. I went, oh, great. Have a look at these. Now, I, I'm very lucky. I, I've got a wonderful girlfriend. And uh, when I met her, she uh, was saying, oh, you know, like you're American. I've always loved the idea of American football. Um, so I went, great. You know, I, I watch it every Sunday. I live and breathe it. So, uh, you're, you're going to have to learn if you want to stick around. So, <laughs> um, and, and, and very, very luckily she is now a Packers fan has been for, uh, six, seven years. Go on, Maddie. Fair play to you, buddy. Hey, yeah, no. Uh, but she was convinced by Clay Matthews. Now in that same sort of t-shirt line, <laughs> Uh, that you guys had with the Eddie Lacy one. You had a Clay Matthews one as well. So uh, we we bought that for, um, you know, started to get an idea of what you guys as the UK Packers do. Um, And uh, honestly, like such a huge fan of your work. I'm I'm not just saying this because you guys got me on, but like honestly, such a huge fan of it. And uh, yeah, we we took a picture of her, tweeted it at you guys. So I think it's the only tweet of mine to ever get like retweeted. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The remedy of that. uh, we came along to that meetup uh, in London. Um, not uh, what was it last year? Yeah. Uh, after the bi-week Regent party. Street thing, yeah, the bi week yeah. party. Uh, it was it was great because you know you walk around doing the Regent Street stuff all day and um, uh, then think like, oh, okay, we'll head over. You know, it'll be great to see some Packers fans and walk into that bar in the Hippodrome and just see a room chock full of green and gold. It was like I, I'm home. I'm home right now. <laughs> it was, it was, it was such a great party because when we did it, I mean, it was the bye week for for one thing. You know, we knew yeah. there'd be fans in London, but it's the bye week. There's no reason to all get together. There's no game on, so we had no idea how many people would come. And we had a room that could fit in 120, mm. um, 
and at one point i think we we nearly hit 100 people yeah um uh, when it got to its busiest so that was an unreal party for us obviously uh there was Gabrielle Dell from the from the Packers had come out especially. We had the film crew there recording documentary stuff. I mean, that was one of the you, you came to one of the best ones. Let's put it that way. Um, you, and uh, I think did did you win anything? We we did some competitions that night. Did you were you lucky? <laughs> I was indeed. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm somebody who normally shies away from those sort of things. But uh, it was as soon as uh, you guys said we're going to do like Packers trivia contest. <laughs> Oh, and, yeah. uh, now, now I remember him, right? Now I remember him. Um, you know, I, I've been somebody who I've, I've had my head buried in, like, the media guides growing up. Like I said, you know, yeah. learning about the Packers history and everything was something that I did, you know, on myself. Uh, I, I sit down, I listen to ESPN radio every day, mm. things like that. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I talk a lot of, like, weird facts about Packers and stuff like that whenever they're on. Um, so my girlfriend was like, you got to do it. I don't know. I'm like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And, uh, you guys asked, uh, you asked three good questions. Um, I, it's the only time that I've had to correct a question when I've done a quiz. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we like to lead the way here at UK Packers. Uh, there's always a first. Do you know what? Uh, it was so manic, right, on the run-up because they were filming the documentary. They were over at Ryan following him around for about a week. They were over at me film, filming me for a week. Then they wanted the whole group as a whole and interview people. So it was pure crazy. So myself and Ryan had the best intentions of having like the whole thing set up. But Ryan wasn't it just an absolute shit show leading up to the week so literally those questions were written like i was scribbling them down i was it some of them aren't even written i was just coming off the top of the head i, I can't even remember what the question was something about what was it bj raji when he ran it back for the td or whatever and i, I messed up yeah, what the yeah. game was and you do you know what matt you were a little bit too quick to correct me if i'm honest now if I, if i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry it's, it, it's the one thing i'm confident about you know well it, it, and that was the other thing actually you know you really threw me because you said like which d lineman returned an interception for a touchdown in the super bowl i was like oh my god have i like completely forgotten i know that game was a blur when i watched it but like no and i looked at it, like you sure you don't mean the nfc championship game like, yeah. but uh, you know Did, you, you guys you know like, what that that that, that what with the questions, for example, right? I'll give you a, a scenario here. We are leaving a hotel over in West London somewhere, real posh. Like, I mean, when we turned up, bearing in mind we weren't even staying in this hotel, we got to the door and, and, and this sort of guy comes out on this suit and he says, uh, Ryan and Steve? And we're like, yeah, how do you know that? <laughs> anyway, so we go in there, we do a bit of film and then we come out. We jump in a taxi. From the taxi to the Hippodrome, me and Steve are trying to write down questions. And are starting to try and come up with things that we should have prepped already, but we just haven't had time. That didn't really work because you're in the back of a taxi racing around London. So then we were doing a game, I think, that night. And, and I was reading out some questions and we were sort of taking it in turns of different competitions. And I was reading out the competition, uh, the, the questions, and I suddenly we ran out of questions. And I look at Steve, and I'm like, "Help me!" And he's there, and he's as he said, he's literally writing out questions and passing them over. <laughs> and I, I kind of when, when you watch it back on the documentary, you talk to him, and they're like, oh, "I went so well that night." And I was like, "Yeah." It was yeah. kind of like you know that duck duck in water thing where on the top it's just a picture of <laughs> you know serene, yeah, yeah. Uh, just beauty, and underneath it's absolute madness. Well, that that was what that was like that day. So I hope you have forgiven us for our for our a little mistake. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, it, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? And like like you were saying, it, it was such a fantastic event. 
you guys very kindly gave me a t-shirt when I won that as well. Um, I, I'm wearing it now. Nice. I, I'm kind of not sure what to do with it, though, because uh, it was the Eddie Lacy Hulk one. and now, oh. it, So uh. we were just after that Lions game, and I really thought he was going to get it going this season. I, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm still a little bit disappointed that we haven't got it because, you know, you think his last game that he suited up was that Cowboys game, wasn't it? And, yeah. Uh, he he played an absolute blinder. I mean, you know, happy enough with Monty and everything like that. But I've got no idea what to do with the shirt. I swear, I, I look in I look in my cupboard every day, and I'm just like, I can't wear it. You know, I've got a I've got a lacy jersey, but I think this one hurts me more. <laughs> I think I think when I always look at players that sort of leave Green Bay, obviously if they retire, you know, they, their jerseys are good to wear, the t-shirts good to wear. If a player leaves on fairly good terms, you know, he wanted to maybe stay but wasn't off contract, he's good. So I think Eddie Lacy falls into that category. So I think he's good. The one that I still have never worn since the day he left is the Greg Jennings jersey. And, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was in the bottom of my wardrobe in my old house in a ball. And I packed it for some reason. I've, I've not thrown it away, but I packed it. And when I was hanging up all my jerseys, because I actually have a Packers jersey wardrobe, um, rather than hang it up, I rolled it up into a ball and threw it in the bottom, so it's still on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> no prospects so, of that, given, huh? No, so I don't think Eddie falls into that category, so I think it's safe to still wear him. Um, just hopefully he has an absolute shocker in week one this season. Yeah, let's hope. But a bit of breaking news, uh, Matt. You might have a nice little T-shirt uh, coming up soon to look forward to, but we can't say any more about that big reveal coming up. But, Matt, look, it's been great talking to you and with how knowledgeable you are about the Packers because we were talking that night, and as you said, you're the trivia king. Um, I'd l- we'd love to probably get you on uh, from time to time just to talk Packers as well it's nice to get the accent on but come here you are a member uh, as we let you go do you want to tell us what your UK Packers membership number is? Absolutely I am proud member number 117 Nice Well Matt nice. it's been an absolute pledge uh, as we said we'll speak to you soon but uh, give that uh, Clay Matthews loving girlfriend a big hug from all of us and hopefully we'll see you at a meetup soon Absolutely 100% thanks very much guys keep doing the great work you're doing Cheers, Matt. What a nice guy. A bit of a weird... Do you know what? He had that American accent, but I heard the kind of Englishy thing coming in. Yorkshire, Ryan. Very strong accent. Uh, but I did say whether he was still in Yorkshire. But nice dude. I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah, so he had one one sexy voice, that guy. But look, how weird is that that he used to play for my, my flag football team? Yeah. And Ryan, uh, Ryan, he's uh, just alluded to the fact that you're doing pretty well this season, buddy pretty well we yeah well yeah we just won our division so we are sec north champions uh for the first time in our seven year history it's a long, so that's kind of cool long and storied history how much input did you have on all of that ryan your uh jimmy the hands did you what's your stats career stats uh, for the season do you know i try let me try have a think so i think i'm on six touchdowns for the year and i'm on 580 odd yards but you had a monster game last game, right? Is that right? I, well, I think so, yeah. Over 100 yards, and I think it was three touchdowns, plus some extra points as well, because obviously you don't kick them in a flag football. You, you, you play a short mm-hmm. field play for a one- or two-point conversion. So, But, you know, they don't count as touchdowns, apparently. So, what ifs? Uh, but look, Ryan, it's good to have you back. I think we'll call it quits there, but we do have to mention a few housekeeping elements. 1919 club oh is, yeah along with you being back 1919 club is also back mostly because yeah you're heavily involved in it and all the marches in your house but yeah apart all from the that at my house yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we got it going uh mike hongren signed football is up on well up for grabs yeah so nice the item. usual deal 
four pounds to us uh, for a ticket. Yep, friends Send and family. Send it to often. us via friends and family, otherwise we lose a whack of it. And uh, unfortunately, what we'll do is we'll have to return the money to you and then get you to resend it. Mm. Another one that was um, today, make sure when you send it, and I appreciate guys in Ireland having this issue or if you, you know, further away on the continent, I don't know. Um, if you send it, try and make sure it's in uh, the great British pounds because we had some euros sent across today and I think it's about 650 euros. So it means you'd be getting a bit of a bargain compared to everyone else. Mm. So just try and make sure those things are on there for us. If you want to pick numbers, you can pick numbers. If you don't, I'll just give you two, three, four, five random tickets. Once that's filled, um, if there's demand, we'll add on another 10 tickets. We'll add a signed photo. If there's more demand, another 10 tickets, a signed photo. But at the moment, it's just the uh, the Mike Holmgren signed football. But I think we've already sold about half the tickets on that. So I imagine we'll add some more prizes to the draw. Yeah, they're flying out, and we have some absolutely bumper items as well. So what we're going to do is, is probably still keep the 1919 club once-off draws, but there will be a monthly sort of subscription, and some of this stuff is just absolutely ridiculous. And Rhino, we are going to have somewhat of an announcement also, right? But can we say much on the pod? I think we can We can whet their appetite. Get them wet. But this them. is, <laughs> yes, Get them so wet. to say, yes. This is one of, well, basically, at the UK Packers, myself and Steelers have this discussion that we like to do things to be the leaders, be out there in front. We think we have the best fans in the UK and Ireland, uh, and, and even now across Europe, we think we've got the best fans. Um, so we like to try and lead the way. And more often than not, other fan clubs see what we do and they, uh, they follow along, which is great for them, but we like to lead. Mm. So we've come up with another first and exclusive from the uk and irish packers yeah so don't get too excited thinking the packers are coming to london they're not okay they do love us but they can't come yet so yeah we'll uh all will be revealed very shortly in fact probably it this will. week it will should i tell you something i've just become very offended go on i have just been because obviously we have notes in front of us on our screens and i don't know if you've been invited to this also but i've been invited to join a veterans football league Feel a little bit hurt. I'm only just 32, and uh, yeah, it'll be walking football next. So yeah, <laughs> it's a bit harsh, isn't it? Yeah, now Ryan, I've uh, invited me to the All Star Full yeah, Contact yeah, yeah, yeah. Leprechaun yeah, that's, American that's Football fine. Association is all I'm saying. <laughs> you have to be under a certain height requirement to get in. Uh, you're just jealous. Just jealous. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Good luck to you, sir. Thanks. So uh, that's it for this week. So thanks for joining in. And I know you're all happy, as I am, uh, happy as a clam that Ryan Peacock is back. So we will be back on Thursday night going into Friday, uh, depending on where you're located, with our UK Packers all-time team. We're going to be looking at running backs. And good old man Tony Canadeo might make the team. He's not a lock. But who is a lock is myself and Ryan. So from myself, at NFL on Twitter, give me a follow, follow the group, at UK Packers. And of course, me old buddy, me old pal, at Ryan Peacock NFL. It's goodbye for this week. Bye-bye.